Joining us on the Newsmakers line a little earlier than usual. He's got some business to attend to later on this morning, uh, but uh, he wanted to check in with all his constituents in the 5th Congressional District. He is Congressman Bob Good. Uh, good morning, Bob. How are you doing, sir? Good morning, Joe. Great to be with you. Thanks for accommodating a little bit earlier time for me this morning. Like I said, it's just me here, uh, and we're actually inside a shopping mall. We've never been inside for this event before, uh, so I'm, I feel oddly comfortable. Uh, it's usually cold, and my hands are numb by this point, uh, but I appreciate it. I know that you kind of feel that same way sometimes in Washington, out in the cold uh, there, and we appreciate what you do uh, for us there. Uh, uh, on the budget committee, I, and I was uh, Tim Kaine held court with the local media yesterday, talking about uh, priorities beyond the budget, trying to diffract from the fact that we still have uh, uh, appropriations bills and things like that. Uh, I was looking at some Thanksgiving numbers. Uh, Thanksgiving meals specifically, but I think meals in general are up somewhere between 18 and 20 percent per family in the last year. Gas is 83 cents uh, more, and it's all because of inflation. It's all because our budget's out of control. Um, catch us up on where where we are on those appropriations bills uh, before we get into some of the other stuff that's been gobbling up the national news headlines. Well, to your point, the estimate is that the Thanksgiving dinner that folks hopefully were able to enjoy last week cost about 40 percent, four zero, 40 percent more than it did when Joe Biden became president. And then uh, the latest number that I saw on the cost to consumers of uh, regulations and inflation on the average family since he became president is about $11,000 a year in reduced purchasing power Jeez. since this president uh, got into office three years ago. So the American people are suffering under these harmful policies. It's a direct result of these harmful policies that gas prices are so much higher, as you know, which crushes regular income Americans. Grocery prices, as we mentioned, are so much higher. Housing prices, interest rates, utility prices, that's all a result of bad policy that the American people are suffering under. And it's just interesting to hear, you said Senator Kane, Senator Kane, Senator Warner, and every Democrat in Virginia, as well as in the, uh, in, in the congressional delegation, as well as in the entire Congress, is complicit in this spending that's crushing the American people. Uh, they have they voted for the $11 trillion in new spending under this president, the most in the history of the country. Mm -hmm. uh, we're running, as you know, a $200 billion monthly deficit. Now the deficit, <coughs> excuse me, is that the debt is snowballing so quickly because of the interest rates and because of the amount of, of, of the debt and, and the, the monthly deficit. You know, we're going to be 36, maybe even $37 trillion by the end of next year when hopefully oh a new gosh. president, a new Congress is sworn in in terms of expanding the Republican majority. And, and Senator Kane and Senator Warner and every member of the Virginia delegation on the, Congress, uh, the Democrat side, along with the entire country, has voted for all of this. At least Republicans are fighting over how to cut spending and how much spending to cut. We're not going far enough. We're not as united as we should be in doing that. And that's why we've only passed seven of our required 12 spending bills. I'll remind you the Senate has only passed three. Mm -hmm. Senate has no interest. And they put those three together in a minibus. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I told the Republican conference yesterday in a meeting and with, with the speaker and the other leadership, you know, we need the speaker's commitment to what his top line spending level is. And we need to know what it is from, from a total program, programmatic spending uh, level, which means no gimmicks, 
no plus ups, no supplementals, no chumps, you know, which is when you, when you, when you uh, take it from mandatory spending and put it in discretionary spending. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, no gimmick stuff, but what is the bottom line that we're going to reduce spending this year compared to last year? We need that from the new speaker. This Republican majority cannot run next year on a failure to cut spending this year. No matter how modest, it's not going to be enough. Uh, the speaker has is supporting us um, uh, creating a debt commission, to a bipartisan debt commission, to get Democrats to work with us next year. I hope to be part of that debt commission. Uh, the budget committee is leading the way, but that would look at how do we preserve and protect Social Security and Medicare for future generations, but how do we reform Medicare? The uh, what's called the mandatory spending, which is a cop out, mm-hmm. because as you know, Congress can sort of do whatever Congress wants right. and, and violate the Constitution, and Congress gets to decide what is mandatory, what's not mandatory. Yeah. So, what, what Joe, what frustrates me, and I told this to the Republican conference yesterday, and I, I said, you know, we have many of you who say, oh, we're fighting over this small amount of discretionary spending, which is only, you know, one point seven trillion dollars. You know, th- there's about five point about five trillion that's the mandatory that's where the real spending is we got to deal with that and i said you know what you guys it's laughable to me that when you won't come together and agree to cut our discretionary spending that somehow you're going to summon this newfound courage next year to help us reform uh, mandatory spending so we can uh, which we have to do in order to reduce what is a uh, again a we're on track, Joe, this year for about a two and a half trillion dollar deficit in the twelve month period. Well, Bob, and you mentioned the interest rates. A lot of that is because of this out of control spending uh, and the the behavior of the Fed. We've we've been downgraded credit wise, which means like a, like a family has to. We're going to pay uh, higher interest rates if we can get the mortgage at all on the uh, on the old homestead uh, here. Uh, I, I want to and and please continue to work on that because it, I I feel like it's something that most Americans feel and get. I know the president says uh, inflation has stopped growing, uh, but <laughs> I guess that's maybe yeah, for him because yeah. he doesn't have to spend any money to live in the White House. Uh, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. But I want to bring up a controversial issue because the Pfizer reauthorization is up there. Yeah. Uh, the the 702 provisions are up there. Catch us up on where that is because there's a lot of people saying a lot of things uh, about what's going to happen with the Pfizer reauthorization. And a lot of people are taking shots at the new speaker about that. Can you give us a, some feeling on what's, go- what's actually happening with the Pfizer reauthorization? I really appreciate you bringing this up, Joe, and you have been a champion on this issue, and I appreciate that. Andy Biggs, my, my close friend and colleague from Arizona and the Freedom Caucus, is leading the way on the legislation to reform FISA so that uh, this, this abusive Department of Injustice that's been weaponized against our citizens and has been more focused on pro-life protesters and Catholics in Richmond and parents at school board meetings and considers those the domestic terrorists that they have focused upon, uh, what we want to do is is, uh, allow, of course, our federal law enforcement to be able to go after foreign terrorist operations, but we can't allow them to surveil uh, U.S. citizens without a warrant, without establishing probable cause, violation of our Fourth Amendment rights. And what we're insisting upon is that FISA not be extended, not be uh, uh, reauthorized without significant reforms. And we're saying this this is a this is a throwdown issue. This is an issue of a line in the sand. And what we fear, and there's been rumors, Joe, 
that it might be just extended unconditionally for a period of time, oh, or that it might be tacked onto another must, quote unquote, must pass spending bill. Again, we in Congress right. get to decide what's must pass. That's <laughs> yeah. a cop out in itself. But that it might be p- attached to the NDAA, National Defense Authorization Act, to make it difficult for members to vote against it because they don't want to vote against the NDAA. We have a good NDAA that we passed out of the House with lots of good reforms on policy. Uh, that I voted for. First one I've been able to vote for in my three years here, but we got to hold the line with the Senate and negotiations on that. And we're letting the Speaker know you cannot attach FISA reauthorization to anything else. It must be a standalone on its own merits and let us have amendments and vote it up or down based on whether or not it protects the American people and protects our constitutional freedoms. Yeah, we're visiting with Congressman Bob Good, a special presentation of WCHV News. Hang on one second, Bob. Thirty-eight degrees outside of the automated office system studios here in Charlottesville. Again, special presentation of WCHV News visiting with Fifth District Congressman Bob Good uh, this morning. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, the FISA reauthorization and and how that's you know kind of being tacked on uh, to other things so that the the, de- the demagoguery uh, can continue. Is it getting back down to the streets? You just did a whole bunch of tours through the area. Um, you're, you're facing a primary opponent as well. Um, you know, the demagoguery, even from within the Republican Party, can be uh, you know, kind of almost deafening. Break through that on this FISA, because I was told that the, the president, you know, out of this, this uh, portion of the NDAA, this is three quarters of his morning briefing comes from intel gathered from this. At very least, can we at least get some rules regarding who gets to be called a terrorist? Because last time I checked, uh, military veterans and conservatives are on the list of domestic terrorist watch lists. Uh, so, you know, anything that says, oh, we're just out there looking for terrorists, I'm like, hold it, that includes me. Yeah, this administration, this president has been explicit about the fact that they consider, consider the greatest threat to the country to be climate, but also what they consider to be, you know, Christian nationalists, white supremacists, Trump supporters, uh, conservatives, quite frankly. And uh, they have been targeted time and again by this Department of Injustice, this FBI, this rogue abuse of power under Merrick Carlin and Christopher Wray. And and Joe, this, our our, um, our intelligence Folks, you know, they, they, they don't they don't catch, you know, uh, uh, the, the Hamas attack on Israel. They don't catch that. And these are supposed to be you know, foreign surveillance experts. But what they do is target U.S. citizens. And what what we want to do, of course, is is, again, take away their ability to do that, to go after to use this, to abuse this law, to go after U.S. citizens where it's, you know, and to treat U.S. citizens as domestic terrorists and also to greatly limit the number of individuals who can perform the searches and, of course, again, to strengthen the fact that it's got to be have probable cause established by a judge with a warrant before you can surveil U.S. citizens. And you've got to let U.S. citizens know if they're being surveilled. Bob Good is on with us. So, you know, hold the, the speaker's feet to the fire. What is your impression? Uh, I know you weren't happy with the way he did the uh, continuing resolution. Uh, is Are you guys still in the room with him? You, Chip Roy, you mentioned Andy Biggs. Are you guys still, you know, able to have some sway with a guy? Because uh, I've just read a couple of articles saying, well, I don't know. They may do it again with a motion to vacate. Well, I do respect the speaker. I like the speaker. I think he's a person of integrity. I think he's a genuine conservative. I think he wants to do the right things. I think we can work with Speaker Johnson. I'm glad that he's there. However, 
my support for him is performance-based. Uh, it's not personal. It's not based on popularity or personal affection. It, it's performance-based, just like it was with the previous speaker. And so, actually, I'm meeting with him this morning. We're going to make sure this. We're going to talk to the speaker about, you know, top-line spending levels. What's his commitment to cut our spending? We're going to talk about his commitment to keep Israel as a standalone, paid-for uh, piece of legislation. We're going to talk about uh, the refusal to take up the Senate uh, and White House request to take this, you know, this this supplemental package of 106 billion dollars with Ukraine and Israel and disaster relief and Hamas <laughs> humanitarian aid. And the and, and phony border security, or or, or, or I say phony dollars in there for for, for Mayorkas to let more illegals in the country. Uh, we're going to talk about what is his willingness to force the president to secure the border, and frankly, how we ought not to be continuing to fund the government that doesn't secure the border. Uh, we're going to be talking about FISA surveillance and and the reforming FISA, I should say, and what the, you know that we can't add that to another piece of legislation. It's got to stand alone on its own merits. Uh, those are the kind of things we'll be talking about the speaker about when I, when, when I have a chance to visit with him this morning. Well, with the apologies to the Leslie Nielsen estate, good luck, and we're all counting on you. Uh, Congressman Bob Good, you have a good morning, sir. Thank you, Joe. Great to be with you. Good.house.gov is his website. We go live to Dubai next. That's a first for Joe, Lift, Joe Thomas at Toy Lift uh, as Mark Morano checks in from COP28.